The Sports Career Podcast, episode 276. The benefits of having a fun mindset when working in the sports industry. and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Career Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest with regards to mindset training and elite performance. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Noel Flannery. Noel is a peak performance mindset coach and mentor for elite athletes in a range of sports such as snooker players, dart players, European Championship golf players, racing drivers and even professional footballers. For that reason it's such a pleasure to have Noel as a special guest on the show and that's when today's episode Noel will share his sports career journey and the benefits of why you should need a fun mindset when working in the sports industry. Noel, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please, you share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Yeah, sure. You know, th- th- thanks, um, thanks for the invite, Ed. You know, it's, uh, I always find these things a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it st- started a long time ago when I was a young man and I was a racing, I was a racing driver. Um, so, so certainly it's like, you know, that, you know, the, the fact that I've been there and done one, you know, British titles as I have uh, personally, you know that's been a a big part of like my coaching time now, because like like and it, and it's not you know it's just been an advantage really because unfortunately like on the mind training side of things, um you know it's obviously like a lot of really clever people and they go off to university and they and they teach players from a book what it's like to be out there, you know what it's like to be in the moment. Uh, but you know, obviously, you know they've never. What most of them have never experienced that themselves. So that's been an enormous advantage, you know, because obviously, like a lot of people have worked with, have worked with sports psychologists and stuff in the past. And plus, my my mind training is a bit different. But after, after I was a competitor, I went into, you know, making my way up the ranks, working in motor racing teams across the globe, and um, as a as a manager. And I've been very fortunate to lead teams to you know, British, American, European and World Championship titles. So obviously, like, I've learned so much about that. And then lastly, obviously, I'm, I'm a trained mind coach, um, which was mostly uh, my, my initial work was initially in two, with two golfers. So basically, I apply everything I've learned from being the competitor to being the manager to being the mind coach and uh, everything I do with players. And it's a very kind of holistic kind of view of performance, you know, not just mentally, but, you know, in terms of, you know, work ethic and data. No, I find this really interesting, but I've got to go back of one statement you said, which I think is really important. Yeah. You said creating an advantage. What do you mean and how has that supported you in the line of work you do in the sports industry? As a 20-year-old man, I sat down with a pen and paper and I can remember vividly doing it and I didn't know what a kind of life-changing day that would be. 
But I sat down with a bit of paper and I was like, what is it I'm trying to achieve? And the obvious answer would be, you know, the championship trophies and, and the wins, right? But I looked at it a bit different and I said, really, like, the nuts and bolts of it, reverse engineering it, is I'm trying to turn up at the event with an advantage over the rest of the field. And really, in sport, be it you're an Olympian or, you know, a footballer, or, it doesn't matter. No, even, even in business, you know, you just want an advantage over the rest. And then once you realise, right, that's actually the goal. It's not to win. That's the goal. How do we do that? And then, you know, like we're going to like all the different areas and, um, you know, from training to diet to practice, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and how much I'm going to apply myself. And I realise, okay, you know, two months from now, I'm fighting against 250 guys in one day. To take, to take the title and, and I'm going to take 240 of them out of the equation because they're never going to match me in work ethic and training and all the rest of it and so like right how do I deal with the top 10 and because this is the early 90s you know things have moved on immeasurably now but because it's the early 90s my look I thought I've got to find something that they're not doing and that for me was putting my head in sports psychology books at a time so I was studying this, you know, since I was a young, young man 30 years ago to, to try and get uh, a, a gain, which which obviously did give me a gain because now I turn up at the event and, you know, like without being arrogant, you know, as you ask any Olympic gold medalist, to them it's done already before they get there. Creating an advantage, what you say, is all about having the controllables. Is that correct? Like what you can control to create that advantage? Is that what you mean as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm quite, you know, obviously, like I know a lot more than I did 30 years ago when I was a competitor, you know, but, um, but, you know, when I look back at my, my driving career, you know, I, you know, I'm really, I'm quite, <laughs> I'm quite shocked at how much I got right that for sure there were some things I could have done better. You know, um, I probably could have eaten better and stuff. But I think, like, if, if I'd done exactly what I did now, um, I, you know, I wouldn't have, have had as many trophies lying downstairs as I have now. You know, like, you know that, that would be different because, you know, things have moved on kind of like so immeasurably in, in sport, you know, and, and, it's, and it's about, you know, and this is why, you know, like, you know, my role's becoming kind of more prevalent. Um, you know, with with players, and um, certainly, it, it, it's it's my my biggest thing, isn't he? For me, isn't he? My management experience and working in you know elite teams and winning world championships, you know, because obviously that's an obvious big gain, and it is a gain, and and it, it isn't even my um, you know my mental training that I can do with players, you know, um, because it's a bit different to sports psychology. It's a bit kind of more softer and palatable. It's more about how we feel. But I think my, my biggest, you know, gain that I can pass on to people is, you know, that I've been there and done that myself. You know, that 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 has just been, you know, completely transforming, you know, everything I do. You know, working in a number of different sports from tour golf to world snooker players, racing drivers in the Finja F1, um, you know, professional footballers, world darts players. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. I like the diversity. I like that. You know, every day I get up and you know I'm like uh, I'm with some different sports. Yesterday was mainly football, and today I'm out with a professional golfer today, so that'll be fun. Although it's in Scotland and it's going to be cold, so yeah. <laughs> 
Just one thing, one thing I really find curious with regards to all the sports you, you've just mentioned, you mentioned darts, you mentioned golf, you mentioned snooker, all of them have one thing in common is taking the moment. So it could be a checkout in darts, it could be, you know, getting like taking a competitive, you know, getting on a snooker table and clearing the table, or it could be golf hitting that winning part. Is there a similarity of the training you do to make sure they have the right feeling, the right mindset in those big moments? Hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it completely makes sense. You know, we we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, being in the now. Um, Because, like, you know, both in in life and and on the field, you know, I mean, it's, it's never not this moment. It's always this moment, you know. Well, you and I are living this moment together right now, and then it's the next moment, and the next moment, and that's what we've got to do in life and in sport. Is our job is to en- enjoy this moment and to live in this moment, not living in what happened in the past. Because, like, I mean, like depression, you know, wouldn't exist if if we could all live 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 in the moment, and 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 what happens in the future again, it's completely irrelevant. All there is is this moment. And that doesn't mean, you know, we kind of be goal setting and seeing a fantastic future for ourselves. But it's exactly that, you know, and like, you know, there's all, all the kind of old sayings that are in golf, all old adages about one shot at a time. One shot at a time is absolutely correct, but it, it's almost kind of like a blase kind of setting. It, it, you know, it doesn't emphasise, you know, everything it is everything is this moment and being involved in that, you know, and, and that's certainly something that, you know, I work a lot with players. And I, like I just started on the tour golf for uh, this week and um, I was asking about, you know, what, what's happening at home and, you know, his family life and stuff there. And, uh, and he told me he's got a dog and that's just like, oh, fantastic. Because we use the dog to get better because dogs are the masters of being in the now. All there is is this moment. If you sit, if anybody at home's got a dog, or you can do this afterwards, end of yours. So, so you know, you sit there with a biscuit, and they're sat there in front of your tennis ball. Their whole world in that moment is that biscuit, right? There's nothing else going on in their in their minds but that. Nothing else. All there is is that. And so, like you know, we've got so much to learn. If only we could be that good as humans. So, like the biscuit for us could be you know being in the moment on the putt or being in the moment of like the checker so i'm big into darts and i played at university and and darts is one i I used to have big debates going darts isn't sport but if you see the pressure if you you know like the world championships and the big pressure of taking the moment you know you know let's say treble 20 18 tops you know those moments are big particularly if you hit it you can you know influence the match with confidence against your opponent that's why i love about darts is the psychology of the momentum of a game is that the same again how you influence mindset training is like it's not just that biscuit from a dog but it's like the reward if you do achieve it because this is a great analogy and i hope the listeners are enjoying this example but i think it is important to just fix on one target and stick to it so where do we go wrong as humans then if we don't have let's say the dog and the biscuit from the dog between the biscuit what's in between that space that makes us is it self-doubt what is it that distracts us of not staying in that moment it's a very personal thing <clears throat> and this is where like 
you know, the longer I work for a player, things flourish because I get to know them. And I've got no two players working on exactly the same thing because we're all different people and different things work for them. But what I like about your daps thing is like, say, say what you say you're going for a checkout, right? Now, on that second dart, the second dart is the one that interests me, right? Because you've got to put to one side wherever, wherever the first dart landed because that's now in the past. So relevant. We're now on the second dart, I'm throwing the second dart. And also, when you're throwing the second dart, let's hope that you're not putting any energy into the third dart. And, and, and by putting energy into the third dart, I could mean, right, if I get treble 20 here, I know, right, okay, I've got to do bill with the last one. And you could be thinking that whilst you're throwing the second dart or about to throw the second dart. So again, now we're away from in the future. When it should be all there is is a start. It's just throwing this. This this is what's happening. But what happens is like like as humans, and again, this is why you know my, my work is more based on how we feel. Is is that like you know, we're very aware of being upset and we're very aware of being ecstatically happy. It's the bits in between, you know, we're less aware of. And, and my players, like, especially further down the line, become acutely aware of where they're at. Right, if I feel good just now, I know I've got to start to try and feel great. And how do I do that? Because it's like, like our feelings are everything. It isn't, and it's trying to make people kind of understand. It isn't, you know, like a fleet of Lamborghinis in a seven-bedroom house and, you know, millions of pounds in the bank. It's not those things we want. It's the feelings that those things give us. That's what we're after, you know. And 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 the the, the proof and the pudding for that is, if you think about, you know, like when we, you know, met for the first time half an hour ago, Ed, and and um, and everybody on the planet, be it in China or Peru or Antarctica or anywhere, everybody on the planet asks the same question to each other when we meet. The billions of questions we could ask, we all ask the same question in different languages. That's how are you? Why? Why do we ask that? Why? Because as humans, all that matters to us is how we feel. That's what we're chasing. But an elite sportsman needs to be completely in charge of his well-being and not let the circumstances he's in be in charge of his well-being. And I.e. pressure, you know... You know, the, 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 the poor play is just done or whatever else. You know, all of these things have got to be in charge, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And one thing I want to touch on now then, because we talk about present, let's say you have a great... Let's stick to the darts, because I haven't had darts as a example on my show, and I'm passionate about it, so it's good to use it. A darts match, and they perform well, but lose. So they had, a let's say, an average of 104, because there was actually... a somebody lost with a 104 average, which is very good. This is an example, but they still lost the match because let's say they hit their doubles better in the moment. How do you still take the positives, but without feeling frustrated that you lost? Because this is a human error as well, that we look at the result, which are, which are influence our feelings, but actually it was a really good performance on the day. So I love your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? And, it, and to be honest, it's a relatively simple fix. Um, I think, I think, like, 
players in all sports. And like even um, you know, you 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 kind of see it, you know, when when they when they lose it, you know, the the fact that they're hurting because they're lost meant before the match, their goal for the day. And it seems mad. Like if you ask an elite sportsman, like, you know, you're about to go into like a darts match and this, you know, what's what's your goal, what, what you try to do? Inevitably their answer in my view, completely flawed. The answer says, you know, like I really want to win. Now, like you, you were on about control bills earlier. We're not in control of winning. And there's, I mean, I just don't even know like where to begin in terms of how many stuff we're not in control. Somebody, you know, if a Dutch player playing in an arena and a, and a window opens somewhere in that building, that's going to have an effect on air pressure and, you know, small drafts, et cetera, et cetera. Trust me, like the gap between the wires on every bit of the board, I can absolutely assure you it's not identical. Really quickly, as an example, Peter Snakebite changed his darts twice in the World Champion Final in the 2021 because of the pressure in the room. Now we're talking fine I, margins, yeah. but it's a good example. He changes his darts yeah. yeah, and he yeah, still yeah. won. Um, but I get what you're saying. And just get into today's podcast topic then, uh, because I, I, I heard, I read something, or no, I watched another podcast of you where you said something really interesting. You said athletes should have a fun m- mindset when they perform. I love your thoughts on that. Uh, and what do you mean with a fun mindset when performing at the best? Could you just explain in more detail? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean obviously, like, the biggest thing we're not in control of is how well your other player plays. That that that's why I mean that's the biggest thing of all because if that guy has a has a game of his life, you're going home. Everybody's going home, right? It doesn't matter. So that's why you know, as I say, that's the biggest um, you know fundamental that we're not in control of. But in terms of having fun, yet I mean, it's just kind of understanding about like I give, you know, I give players a very basic understanding. Of how their minds and their bodies work, and 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 it's not like you know neural pathways and electrons going through your brain. I, I mean, I just don't see how you know. And a lot of my players have been taught that by sports psychologists, and I don't see how that kind of helps us out the pitch. And I've not had one player say that that helped them. You know, I, I keep things in a really, really kind of simple manner. Uh, but the reason it's fundamental to have fun uh, quickly is just basically on a cellular level, your body behaves differently according to how you feel. So, so a, a good example of this is, is the drunk guy at the top of a flight of stairs and falls down. Inevitably, he gets up at the bottom and he's no broke a bone. But if you and I fall down the stairs today sober, we're probably going to hurt ourselves. And the reason for that is the drunk guy doesn't know what's going on and he's totally relaxed and therefore his body's bendy. And you and I fall, start falling down the stairs, we get stressed and we get anxious and your body's stiff and therefore we're brittle and we start breaking bones. And so if you imagine, the obviously that's two extremes, right? But if you imagine like, you know, you know, how we would feel, like, say a darts player, like, for me, it's same with a golfer, you know, especially, because obviously it's much more complicated movement. It's over 100 muscles move in a golf swing. But, you know, if if a darts player, if he feels every dart is a mirror image of how he was in that moment, 
And if he feels five out of 10 in terms of being happy and five so 50% of him is anxious, then you're going to get five five out of 10 result. But there's times in sport that we've all been in, even if it's a rank amateur, right? Let's call it the zone, if you like, right? Where you felt amazing and you felt that anything is possible, right? Genuinely, not just, you know, ego telling you, genuinely. And 100% of those times when you felt like that, you did amazing, awesome things. So it's all about controlling how you feel. So touching on the feelings, because let's go back to the dog analogy with the biscuit and him putting his eye on it. The difference between the dog and a human being is responsibility as an athlete, because, you know, they could be in a, let's say a darts player, not having their day because they may have an external thought of a family issue or a, something that's on their mind that distracts them of performing well. How do we get the balance there where they just stay in the moment of the performance, not worrying about paying bills or, you know, things like that, that could add stress to their performance because that instead of them playing to have fun and win, they're playing where they got to achieve, I don't know, get into a certain level of a tournament to pay bills. You know what I'm sort of saying? Because we're talking snooker, darts. I know it's now it's a lot more professionalised, but I think you would agree 30 years ago, it was nowhere near to where it is today. So um, I love your thoughts on that. I hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am, listeners, because I'm trying to dig deep of this conversation of performance. So, yeah, I love your thoughts on that. Sure. Yeah, no, 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 very much. Eddie. You know, this is, these are always fun, always fun. And um, so, yeah, so the, the fix for all those things, because that's really good examples you've given, right? But there's a thousand and one of those that could distract us and weak energy with, right? And this is why our job for the day is not to win the match. Our job for the day is to follow your process and whatever that process is, right? So, so you know, obviously, like, you know, like a very kind of simplistic one, you know, say in touch, you know, you, you know, you, you'd be you'd be working on yourself. And then this is something that, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of people are only kind of aware of, but, you know, the very best players are not just standing there waiting on their goal to come up. The very best players are working on themselves. And that could be doing little mini meditations that you'd never know, you know, they were doing. Um, but it's just working on their well-being. And regardless of what happens and what the other guy throws, it's irrelevant, absolutely irrelevant. You know, same as a snooker player sat in his chair whilst the opponent's there, you know, where you're working on yourself. So you're following your process. And your process is whether you're playing or not playing or you're waiting. You know, so you're following that process. And then if you are playing, you know, there'll be a set process from, you know, obviously like golfers, probably the easiest kind of analogy here where, you know, we're standing behind the ball, you know, we're seeing a pre-shot, you know, we're, we're seeing ball fight and visualising success and feeling good and working on your breathing. And then we're in the playing area and that's where we're in the now and we're completely buried in this moment. And then the last bit, you know, which weirdly, no, well, it isn't, it isn't. You know, I think as humans, you know, dogs are completely flawless at this, right? But the last bit of every shot, and be it a dark player or a snooker player or anything else, right, is that once the ball or the dart is on route, we now can't do anything about it, right? 
we're completely out with our control. So it's a complete acceptance of whatever it comes. And that might be the dart hitting the wire and falling back and jam, jamming into your leg. You know, it's it's like it's you have to accept whatever the outcome is. And generally, especially for professional players, weirdly amateurs are better at this. Because, you know, the the amateurs are usually quite a lot nicer to themselves. You know, but but professionals are very hard on themselves. And and you know, they're just basically not accepting the outcome. You know, so so it's about if you follow your process. None of these things that you mentioned are allowed to come into your being. So just pivoting this sort of topic a little bit, could you say this is exactly the same when applying for roles for jobs or going to interviews? Is it transferable of what you've just said? 100%. I mean, I, I don't do a great deal of work with businessmen, but, but I did last week. And and I, I was like, it's probably the guy's got, you know, really big companies well on his way to being multi-millionaire. And I, and I and I um you know it's kind of friend of friend you know like I know him a bit and and um and I was really like a little bit I don't know how I'm going to get on here you know I've done a little bit of this but not a great deal and and you know what it was absolutely fine because it's all about process and you're following your process and be you know you're driving tests and your job interview you know it. In, in anything, you know, I mean, I could I could coach somebody to um, do that, but there is some generic stuff. It's very tailored to them, so it's like, yes, it's of use. Like, I mean, I've had one-off sessions with people without knowing them, but but for sure, like when you start to get to know somebody really well, then it's actually it's quite easy um, to put them in a stress-free environment. You know that that's generally not a problem, especially when they start to believe in the process, which they see the results, so there's no problem there. So out of interest, what guidance would you give? I know you said just now it does come down to the individual with regards to creating that process, but for people who want the listeners to apply a better process for their performance and whatever they want to do, could you just give some little tips of that application of creating a, an effective process? Picture like a, like a high-wire artist at the circus, right? Now, if they're going back and forth and they've got the net below them, right, and so they've got a safety net, things go wrong, obviously it's a lot easier for them to be chilled out and not stressed about it, right? Now, you take that net away. Wow, that's quite a game changer, right? Now there's consequences to this. And so what I would say, like, with that analogy of, like, somebody's gone into, you know, you know, their finals or, you know, you know, big interview or whatever, you know, it, it's like, give yourself a safety net. So, so, I mean, especially if, before you go in. So it's like, I think, I think you know, your safety net, like, my first point with this would be, like, you know, your safety net would be just, just, Give yourself a happy place to go to. And you could be sat in the room before you're being called in to go in. And you could be on the verge of having some nervous breakdown, you know, and sitting there shaking. But you can't do that. And it's because you're anxious and you don't feel good. So it's always about replacing a bad feeling with a good one. It's not about stopping the bad feeling. That won't work. You have to replace it with something that feels better. And so every one of my sports stars have got um, 
a place they can put put themselves in if they feel really bad. And it could be some hilariously funny story that they've happened to them in their past or they've held their first child or or whatever, you know. But especially for you college guys, you know, you've all been to the bar and had some hilarious nights out and your, your, your friend's fallen off his stool and, you know, he's passed out the floor, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these are gold. These are absolutely gold because whenever you tell these stories, you can't help but laugh. And so that would be that would be your safety net, you know, hundred percent, you know, like to 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 go to that. I love that. Uh, look, thank you so much for sharing that little antidote because I think you're spot on. Because I know you, we said at the beginning of this conversation that you should always send the present moment, but also it's good to use those past stories, meaning the past, to help your performance going forward. Out of interest, now, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey? Looking back right now. Oh, well. Jeez, Ed, I've been, I've been really good. I've been a little snappy with the answers. Now you've got me in my back foot. Well done, young man. Um, wow. Wow, that's quite a question. You know what? You know what? Hands down isn't, um, you know, the championship trophies I've got lying downstairs. It's not that. As amazing as those days were, um, you know, it's not them. I, I, I think I will this year, like, um, you know, for anybody kind of even knows me a little bit about snooker, you know, like I had a, I've got a, a player who's in the twilight of his career, you know, called Mark King, and he's he's kind of like 45, and, um, you know, he, uh, you know, you know, not not somebody who's expected to, you know, be reaching, you know, the, the last levels of a tournament, but, the, you know, this this year we um, we played a, a quarterfinal uh against uh, a player called Judd Trump, who is, like, you know, world champion and, you know, been world number one for a long time. And um, Mark, Mark, in very quick order, um, sent him home. And uh, we were through the semi-final. And, and I think, you know, for a player that was ranked, you know, 50th in the world, um, you know, that was a pretty amazing result. And uh, and I was just, yeah, that was, that was such an amazing day. Uh, I was just... You know, completely dominated, and and uh, and I thought, you know, it was, that was just absolutely fantastic result. You know, and, and so satisfying. I was sat in the crowd with a friend of mine, and yeah, that was that was amazing, really cool. Of interest, is this what the sports industry is about? When you work in this industry, those moments like that, from a fulfillment standpoint. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's, you know, it's not about money or that. You know, I mean, if it's like you know, if it's money oriented, you know, I'd, I would continue to be working. You know, as a manager in recent recent teams, you know, it, it's 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 about you know seeing the development and stuff, and uh, and it's, I think you know, very close to that. As I can remember being in a, you know, this year as well, you know, went out for a meal with a player and his girlfriend, and um, the player went off to the toilet, and the girlfriend uh, said to me about you know he's he's a different guy at home now. Like he was always a nice guy. He was always really cool. But it is it just handles, you know, stressful day to day life, you know, kind of so much easier. And, and you know that and that that you know that meant the world, you know, that you're, you're that you know you're making such a difference, um, you know, to people. You know, I mean, I think you know that's that's fantastic. And I always sponsor a young lad, like I'm sponsoring a young lad in football just now who's trying to make it, you know, as a professional footballer. You know, he's a carer for his mum and. And um, you know, he, he you know he's working as well to support her, and it's only the two of them. And this kid's doing, 
you know, like he's just given everything, everything to try and make it against all the odds. Uh, I read his story and I was just like, look, you know, you're, you're, you're not getting charged, you know. We're just we're just doing this for free, and I was just off the phone to him last night, and it's you know tremendously you know satisfying, you know, because he's he's just um, really starting to see life in a in a different way, and really that's a lot of what I do. Like my tutor that I had in Florida, I learned this in Florida, Matt, years ago, and he said to me at one stage, at one point, you're going to get what this is all about, and it was getting taught specifically in golf, and I thought that was quite an odd thing to say. And over the course of the months, you know, I'm going back to him saying, I think it's this, I think it's this, I think it's that. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what it's all about. And um, and uh, eventually, it took me over a year, uh, I sussed out what it was all about. And he and, uh, says, it's not about the golf, it's about life. And he's like, that's right, that's right, that's exactly what we're doing. So really, it's just it's just life skills applied to a sport. Well, I've got a big smile on my face and I've got chills, to be honest, Noel. Um Look, thank you for sharing those little stories. And I'd like to finish with an inspirational one now, inspirational question. And you've just said it there, and we're going to stick to this theme. What three life skills would you pass on to the listener, which they can apply right now, particularly if they want to work in the sports industry? For you guys that are trying to make in the sports industry, you've got a goal, and you're trying to make that goal happen. right? And if you use this process on yourself, you will then understand that you know you can help others around you. And and it's about, you know, for our situation to get better, i.e. for our goals to, to be achieved, right? You know, because I've got my own goals and as a player self and stuff, right? Simply to, to do that, for a situation to get better, for your careers to get better, you have to get better. And that's the key thing. So it's about developing yourself about that, you know? So it's like, you know, and that could be, you know, like how you react to, stressful family situations or somebody pulls out in front of you on the road or you know something that happens in Tesco's or whatever else you know it's just being kind and being uh, good to people you know as much as possible and, and if you know because people's skills are like like when I'm, I'm coaching players it's not about what I know and my experiences and and you know my mind coaching that's not the important thing the important thing is, um, you know, my skill set and dealing with people, my people skills. You know, that that's the thing in life to be good at above all else. So, so you know, I would probably, you know, make that the first, second, and third lesson <laughs> because, to be honest, see see if you're not good at that or you find it really challenging. You do that, honestly, you. It's not that you can just sit back and eat sandwiches for the rest of your days, you know. Of course, there's other stuff to be done, of course, you know. But it's like, if you can be extraordinary at that and be honest with yourself and really look at it, because I, I, I never stop and see myself as being, you know, amazing with people. I'm always kind of working on myself to try and get better at, at that, especially in challenging situations, because that's where we go. That's where we get better. This is easy because, you know, you're a nice guy. It's not difficult to deal with, you know, it's easy. But it's dealing with difficult people. It's like, you know, I just kind of latch onto this. Like, great, a learning experience. How can I how can I work with this player? Because he's really difficult, you know, and it's like, how, how can I work with that? You know, because that's the learning. That's where we go. Like you said right at the beginning, it's that hands-on experience. So, Look, I hope listeners take notes on that, particularly of just people skills. It's vital in this industry. I've learned that through all the 250 ex-people I've had on the show. 
there's that one quality they all have distilled in them. Out of interest, Noel, how can people interact with you online? Where's the place best? Where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, no, best bit to get me. I mean, LinkedIn's a good place to get me. No, it's no 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 flannery on LinkedIn. Flannery peak performance at gmail.com and um and then you know phone number you know zero seven eight seven one double six four five seven you know for sure love love to hear from people especially you know students you know and you guys are you know looking hundred percent can't do enough fears get in touch sit and have a half hour chat and I'll do whatever I can to help you hundred percent you know just try to make it in your career. No, can I do enough fees? That's amazing. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Noel, it's been such a joy chatting with you today. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Thank you. That's fun. What a fascinating conversation with Noel. For me, the biggest takeaway, but most importantly, the biggest reminder that I've taken from this podcast is the power of having a process and what you do. Because relating to today's podcast topic, which was all about the benefits of having fun with regards to your performance, is, as he says, it's having a process in place, which one helps with any distractions we're going internally or externally with our performance. Internally could be nerves, externally could be how the opposition is performing. And with regards to having a process, it creates that discipline and repetition with regards to our performance good or bad and it's all about as he touched on quite a lot with regards to the power of having that feeling within your performance or that fulfillment in what we achieve it was a really interesting conversation particularly as a great case study I also enjoyed was the dog analogy like the dog and the bone of how the focus with regards to the dog and looking at the bone that is their main priority and sometimes the simple case studies or examples are the most powerful. So I really do hope you enjoyed that segment of our conversation. I certainly did. And I'm certainly putting into process with regards to my goal setting, treating the goal is like the bone. And me and my focus is just towards that. And between my eyes to the goal or the bone in this case, if I was a dog, that is the main focus point and not letting anything distract me with regards to that focus of what I want to achieve so look I really do hope you've enjoyed this conversation and put at least one aspect of this conversation into practice with regards to your sports career development that is key as much as listening to podcasts is fantastic but most importantly it's how you apply it to yourself to your behavior and most importantly to your sports career development so really put it in to practice that one learning aspect that you've learned from Noel, put it into practice now and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Noel said, develop your people skills, most importantly yourself. That is the key when working in this sports industry.